Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Hey guys, it's Kay here from Startup Creative and welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to share with you today's episode, an interview with a friend of mine, an all-round legend and a very smart entrepreneur, Dom, the founder of Hector's Deli, a great little sandwich bar here in Melbourne. Uh, You can often find the back streets of Richmond where he has his little shop, um, lines out the door, sell-out sandwich menu um, and a cult following on Instagram. I think it's the first time that I've interviewed someone from the hospitality industry and he has so much incredible wisdom to share for those of you who might be thinking to do the same. He also shares a little bit of what it's like um, running a hospitality business during this tough time with all the COVID-19 stuff happening um, and some very incredible insights into building a brand that people love and invest in time and time again. So I hope you enjoy our chat and take lots away from what Dom has to offer. Hi, and welcome to the podcast today, Dom, the founder and head sandwich maker at Hector's Deli. Is that Chef to sandwich. <laughs> sandwich artist. Oh, artist. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, got it wrong there. Welcome to the podcast, Dom. Thank you so much for having me. Excited. Yeah, so I reckon we jump into your story, but just a bit of background for those listening. Um, Dom and I met actually, uh, I mean, recently he runs a sandwich shop in Richmond, which I might let you introduce, but um, we, my partner actually did a collaboration with and they made this epic cheese toasty. Um, so I helped out a little bit with that process and along the ride got to meet Dom and his epic team who runs Hector's Deli in Melbourne. Um, which is a killer sandwich shop. But do you want to tell us um, a bit about what you actually do, Dom? Yeah, so um, thanks for the intro. <laughs> I, um, <clears throat> I own with my wife uh, a sandwich shop in Richmond, and it's as simple as that. And um, mm-hmm. we, we have like a really small menu of fucking delicious sandwiches. Um, we're in the back streets of Richmond in the middle of nowhere, and we're absolutely heaving, crazy busy, and you know we're we're sort of just um, I don't know we're we're early on in our life and and just kind of this year ready to to take things to the next level and and maybe expand. But I mean, there's not much else I can say about it other than it's just a it's a tiny 27 square meter little sandwich shop in Richmond. It has a very New York vibe, I feel. Yeah, that's funny. It's like. Lots of people say that it has that New York vibe and I never intended to give it any kind of New York vibe whatsoever. It's like the white, the white subway tiles and like the big bold red on writing and font, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. It definitely has that vibe. I actually remember someone from Broadsheet messaged me. This was like early on in it and I sort of had this idea stuck in my head as to what it was. Um, and they were like, hey, we just want to do an article of best places to get American food in Melbourne. <laughs> and I wrote, back, I wrote back to Broadsheet being like, oh, I'd rather not be in the article. Like I don't want it to be, you know, deemed American kind of a thing and just realised that was a massive fucking mistake. <laughs> no idea what I was talking about. But yeah, yeah, I guess it does have a bit of American vibe. I still, you know, I'm still unsure about how I feel about that, but yeah. I've, I hear it a lot, so. Yeah, I mean, you've also carved out your own reputation. I know, like, before I even met you or even had one of your sandwiches, I, I, if you go back through my Instagram saved photos, it's probably saved the mushroom burger about 50 times. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's awesome. So it was, yeah, and it was on my list of things to do. Like, I think that's what's so epic about your story. And, you know, for those of you who haven't been to Hector's Deli, um, obviously, we are recording in the middle of lockdown right now, um, but it will no doubt reopen in the coming months. And um, we'll talk a little bit more after, um, at the end of the episode about this. But for now, I think what mm-hmm. I love about Hector's is it is this little, you know, almost hole in the wall, tiny little shop. Um, it is on a back street. It's, you know, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, Richmond... It's in Richmond too. It's you know, it's not like it's north side or, or obviously south side or, or um, the city. Like Richmond's a bit of an in between 
city as well, like part of the Melbourne. Um, but how, what, what's, your, what's your secret? So for those of you who haven't been, um, it's not uncommon to arrive on this random back street where it's just like beautiful houses, you know, leafy trees, and then see this big massive lineup out the door of people waiting for Dom sandwiches. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Secrets. Secrets is a good one. I think obviously when we first opened it, we didn't think, all right, there's like there's something obvious that we're doing here that's going to make people go nuts. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. think that there were going to be lines. But to be honest, like there, there were actually kind of lines from day one. Day one we opened and I thought, holy shit, this is, this is incredible. And then three months went by, six months went by, two years went by, and we're almost three years old now and like people are still lining up and it's you know it's mind-boggling but I also do get it and so when I look back now it's a lot easier for me to understand why people keep lining up and keep coming back to it but yeah there was there was definitely no secret to begin with but there were things that we latched on to you know that we were able to identify as to why people loved it so much that we keep you know obviously promoting so I think like the first thing for us when we, even before we opened, like we were able to build so much hype on Instagram. Is that Sorry. your computer making that noise? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to how to close that. Sorry. You're right. Um, I think that'll stop now. Okay. Um, so we, we were actually, yeah, we were able to build like a little bit of hype using Instagram, which is, you know, I don't want to be Instagram heavy person, but for somebody owning a hospitality business, it is just an absolute gift. Like mm. it is our most powerful tool. Um, and it, and it just enables us to like connect with our audience so directly and so quickly. So I sort of like got together all of these really simple brands that I loved from around the world. And I started trying to interact with people like you know, showing what my favorite sandwiches were and then and then figuring out what people were reacting to. And then anyway, long story short, we sort of just had this idea that like we're gonna create only five sandwiches, keep it incredibly simple, um, keep the space incredibly minimal, and just do everything that we do incredibly well, rather than trying to, you know, offer 20, 30 menu items. The five sandwiches that were all like super delicious and you know super transparent in the way that we use like you know organic produce and and all of that stuff um you know i I think that's i think that's the reason people like us so much it's because because we were sorry i'm going on a tangent but because uh we were selling out so quick and because there was such limited choice i think that's something that people became addicted to really quickly and then you know as melbourneians do that that built hype really quickly so I think like what I love, you know, from the lessons of observing you guys and obviously you're sharing some of the wisdom because it's actually working around creating the cult brand. It's like when you said before, like the whole idea of secrets, like a secret, it's like people want to be in on something. It's like sometimes if you are too big and too too obvious or um, then, you know, it becomes a, a mainstream brand, brand, whereas like, you guys have got that, like, do you know how to get to heck this? Or, you know, like, you ha- it's a destination. Is that what yes. you mean when you were saying secrets? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it's interesting that you say that because, like, I, I think where the success comes from is um, or where the hype comes from actually is accepting that we're such a mainstream uh, concept, if you like. You know, mm-hmm. like, I once heard... Um, Fergus Henderson, who's the head chef and owner of a, of a restaurant called St. John in London, and he said the best thing ever, and he said, like, pe- because people kept pushing him for what's the concept of your restaurant and kept putting labels on it, and he's like, well, to be honest, it's actually, it's anti-concept, you know, like the whole idea of it is just it's a really accessible place to come and eat something good, and that's enough, you know, like with, with friendly service and with good product and with, you know, a strong brand that's enough, you know, like, I I think like being so anti gimmicky is kind of in turn what us, what made us such a a strong concept. So it's kind of like anti concept in its nature. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's great. I love that. And it's, it's so true. And I think what, 
you know, I admire about your brand is like you can feel that across everything that you do from, you know, the paper bag that you use that, you know, you've just got brown paper bags and, and plain plates and, you know, the, the clean, crisp white counter and, you know, everyone wearing the same thing too. It's like, yeah, it's like it's utilitarian, you know what I mean? And, and that's like that's the same thing that goes for, um, you know, when you say it, it's, it's New Yorky, which it does have that vibe. Um, and I'm sure if you looked into it, like the, the, the reason behind people using white tiles is because they're cheap and easy, you know what I mean? And, and so like that we were drawn to just that idea of, of being super basic and super raw and super transparent and just only doing a couple of things and just being super accessible rather than just overworking ideas and, and overworking everything. And I think people like that familiarity Mm. yeah it becomes relatable right it's all of a sudden and I think um you know I used to live in Queensland and I remember coming to Melbourne for you know weekends or holidays or whatever and even from a very young age and up until my 20s it was like it definitely felt as a Queenslander coming to Melbourne that it was a very cool vibe and you know like (laughs) you you kind of feel like Melbourne's the cool city that like you know Everyone's just rocking great outfits and, you know, know where the good spots are. Um, so I think that Hector's is, you know, kind of cuts through that Melbourne to a cool, cool vibe. Yeah. A little bit. Um, Sorry, okay, cool. Like, just on that point, even, even like when we first opened, it was all this sort of like looked a bit more dilapidated and it, it was all red brick and it was kind of half graffitied and stuff and, um, and I remember the first, first couple of write-ups were like, you know, this, this cool little place where you go and sit on milk crates and it's a little corner store and, and all this stuff. And I, and I just like that immediately made me paint the outside of the building to do a white because I was like, fuck, I so badly don't want to be that like one-off little store. You know, I'm like trying to achieve something that's so different to that. So I just like basically like the next day painted the outside like clinical white I feel like you've got this um, business strategy too that's like as soon as someone tells you you're a certain thing, you're like, nah, I'm not that going in a different direction. <laughs> yeah, I know. Unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't work out. <laughs> um, I love the idea of what you were sharing before, which I think is another standout thing about why brands like yours or business is, is pumping is um, – your mentality around good produce and investing in that. And, you know, you guys aren't afraid to to charge, you know, 15, I don't even know how much, $15 for a sandwich? Yeah, 15 bucks, yeah. You know, and it's like but the reason it tastes so good is is and that you can charge that and people keep coming back for it and literally dream of them is because of, you know, your commitment, um, which, yeah, I'd love to hear more about where that came from and maybe we use that as a bit of a segue to dive back to what where you were before Hector's and how this all came about. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's because of where I was working before Hector's Deli. Like, obviously, I have a background and, and Jason, who's my ex-business partner, who opened Hector's Deli with me, but we, we'd worked in a bunch of good restaurants together. I spent a long time in fine dining. Mm. you know and I and I worked in Michelin star restaurants overseas and stuff and I don't know if it's like it's probably a combination of that and also just 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 the way I see the world you know that using free range animal products and using organic produce was just like an absolute standard I mean that was a non-negotiable to begin with and still to this day like I'd, I'd rather not have a business than have a business that's using shit you know and um and I think that's like I don't want to skip ahead but that's it's such a simple concept and it's so difficult to hide behind simplicity and I do think that that has so much to do with why we've been successful so far and and also is has been our biggest challenge so far is you know educating people around the reason why you'd pay $15 for a sandwich kind of thing um so where should we start with that? So yeah. I think 
No, I think it's, um, I love that as a mentality. And I think that, you know, over the years of interviewing business owners, like from day one, and I've been doing this for five years, it's like, that that is a really common theme for businesses that do really well and sustain their success is that a the founder or you know the director or whatever has got a vision that they've said I'm not compromising on this and this is where we're going and they've stuck to that you know even when you know at times it's a more expensive you know, choice or whatever, you know, you might have people walk out because it's too expensive. But I've seen it time and time again, the, the business owners who have that really fundamental core value of like, this is why this business exists. That's mm-hmm. where, you know, it, it, yeah, you can see the difference, you know. Absolutely. And we'll never lose that ever. You know, I think that's like absolute backbone to our business and, and, the, and the people who do love that and do know that about us, which is most people now, they really love that about us. And the people who slam us on fucking Yelp or whatever and have a go at us for $15 sandwiches, well, you know, I feel overall like those people are going to get left behind soon anyway, you know. And, and for anyone out there who, who's trying to start a, a food business, you know, I think, I think especially with all of this COVID stuff, you know, it's a time now people are going to change their habits forever and it, and it creates awareness. And, you know, I think if you're stuck in ancient times and you're still using, you know, caged animals and you're, and you're still doing the wrong thing, then, you know, people are demanding transparency like new generations are and people want to see that and people are happy to pay for it, um, you know, and, and it's up to you to promote the fact that you're doing it as well, which is unfortunately we didn't do enough when we started and really got slammed for our prices and stuff. But yeah, it's it's like super important to me. And whenever anybody starts who's new, we we talk about it, and I ask them what their views on that are. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely helped us build that that yeah. brand and that that idea behind you know doing something good. And I and I I was really reluctant to even promote it when we first opened. Like Vanessa, my wife, who owns a business with me, was like, you know. You, you're paying so much for this produce and you're not even telling anyone about it. And I, I felt this like, you know, I'm a bit stubborn. I was like, well, fuck, that's what everyone should be doing. That shouldn't even, that should be the standard. You know, we shouldn't even need to promote the fact that we're using free range stuff, you know, like it's a, like it's an angle. I just wanted, I just wanted that to be a part of our ethos and that's it. You know what I mean? Classic Dom being told what to do. I was like, nah, not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did do it eventually, but yeah. Yeah. No, I think like I love that as a point too around, you know, this pandemic that we're experiencing right now and people are really witnessing the difference in the planet and it's, you know, we really are starting to ask serious questions and I think it will be a a yeah, really significant behaviour changes in consumers once right, right now we can't consume. So I think people will break that habit and then consciously choose where they are going to go and consume again. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a nice, I, you know, I think it's a good um, opportunity for brands to share, you know, this is what we're doing and how we're, we're doing it. But I think, um, what was I going to say about the, your brand? Oh, the whole idea around eating good produce. And I think something around that I talk to and I'm writing about this for my book at the moment, it's like step number one in, in a business is like, what what do I have to offer and, you know, what value am I going to add or what problem am I going to solve for somebody and then who, you know, who wants to buy that or need it. And I think when it comes to food and especially dining out, it's, you know, right now, you know, maybe will be a luxury item, but it's, you know, it's a value add to your life. Um, It's not always the necessities. So, you know, you're adding value to somebody's life, you your job is to produce something of really great value and quality, you know, that they're going to come back for. Yeah, 100%, definitely. And I like that you say, you know, when you start a business, you decide on those sorts of things and then you sort of, you're uncompromising on them. Yeah. That's not to say looking back now, there was probably a better way to approach that <laughs> in terms of like, you know, getting realistic costings and, and doing all that stuff because, like, when we open, we're just like, we're going we're gonna to use the best of everything and, and we're going to price everything at 12 bucks and, like, mm. 
we did that when we opened and we were absolutely hemorrhaging money for like the first year and people were coming up to me and they're like, oh, my God, like Hector's has lines out the door, you know, you must be so, you're going to open another one, third, fourth, fifth one, it's all coming and I was just like, holy shit, this like, this looks so different from an outsider looking in, <laughs> you know, like if we hadn't had such an amazing financial backer to begin with, like Hector's wouldn't exist anymore because, you know, we, we still are in a place where between two slices of bread in Melbourne and people are immediately go to $10 in their head. Mm. Um, so using like really premium products and, and charging, like we, we charge $15 now. I mean, really we kind of need to be charging like $20, but we're not. And you, you figure that out slowly and you get, you build a better relationship with your suppliers and stuff over time. But, you know, like still to this day, it still sends shivers down my spine. Like you, that it's been three years now of, of really trying to help people understand why our sandwiches cost $15. And, you know, a lot of people still don't get it, but, you know, a lot of people are still very happy to pay $19 for avocado on toast. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fun and challenging. Yeah, and I think that's also something that I admire about you and the way that you do business. It's like, you know, it's not like you are, you've got these huge big profit margins and, you know. No, God, no. Like you've got lines out the door, but there's a limited number of sandwiches that you can physically make and, you know, yeah. but. You, you show up and you've always got this incredible attitude and, you, you know, you love what you do and you're yeah. producing something. And I think Hector's is more than just its sandwiches, right? It's like it's definitely a community. Like you've nailed the, the social media. I saw you do it the other day, actually, which is what reminded me to tee up this podcast. I think, did you do a, like, ask us anything? Um, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. And, I did. and when I did that, I actually... I had like two people message me and be like, just don't feel the need to be totally honest. <laughs> I'm like, you know, yeah, sorry, go on. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a big piece for us, like that honesty thing and that transparency thing between like what, what we're actually doing and, and what the customer actually sees. You know, I'm like so fucking, uh, I'm just like, because yeah. I see so many big shitty businesses like do one thing and promote another thing and like, you know, I'm proud of the fact that we're, like, we're super honest, like, for better or worse. Yeah, no, I love it. And it comes through. And I think as a result, you've got this super loyal fan base of, yeah, the people who come back every week and um, your Instagram goes off with, you know, I think also what I've noticed that works really well, I don't know, this is real for you or not, but like your, um, I think keeping those five, menu items and um nailing them and that like in your like you can't you know really stuff up the presentation or i mean i guess somebody could um but they it's instagrammable content as well like the way that you present your sandwiches and so fucking instagrammable (laughs) what are we going to put on the menu something instagrammable (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i know i know that's real. But it's great. It's like everyone asks you how to how do you grow an Instagram account? I'm like, you know, shareable content, user generated content, and you guys nail that. Yeah, isn't that funny? That's something that we totally fell into as well. Yeah. I still, um, you know, I'm still the only person that that controls the Instagram account, and yeah. and you know, a lot of the time, yeah. I mean, it is. It's Instagrammable content, and yeah. it's, and it's fun and it's interactive because it. Because it's all coming, I never worry about posting something on Instagram. I'm never thinking about it. I'm never stressing about it because, as I said, you know, we've built such an honest relationship with people who follow us over the last couple of years that, like, they kind of know what tone of voice to, to expect. And that tone of voice is, like, it's honest. It's not fabricated. So it's really fucking easy for us to keep doing what we're doing because mm. it comes so naturally to us. Yeah, and I think that's really good advice because I get asked about Instagram growth and, you know, advice all the time and I think, you know, you're a good, a good case study for it because it's like it's not a fake voice that's like, you know, 
um, fabricated tone or something. It's so it's real, it's authentic, it's honest, it's you. Um, everybody expects that and knows that. So it means showing up on Instagram isn't a burden. It's really natural for you. I think you can't have a you can't not have an incredible response when you have an authentic voice. It's like if you show up with authenticity and honesty, people like that's human nature. We relate to that. We see it and we're like, fuck yeah, I want to be around that person because you know they're showing up and you know I, they, they become a tr- authenticity means you can trust someone. Um, yeah, totally. And as a result, that builds community, and then that community line up that doors <laughs> yeah and like and it's that simple you know <laughs> like for a lot of people or for anyone listening who who wants advice on that you know building some sort of a narrative or a tone of voice you know for your brand and your, and your instagram which i still think is like the absolute most powerful tool that you can use to promote your brand um is is start off at least with just stepping back and and thinking you know what what do you actually want to promote and what do you want to say and then say it and then see how people react and which type of people react and then you know and then roll with it a little bit I I think there's like yeah a lot of people get it becomes very contrived very quickly these days on on the gram yeah and I think that's the other thing I would observe from you is like the fun, relatable content and it's social and you're, you're always sharing other people's, you know, images and, and you've got something to say. And I think that's where Instagram came from. Like it exists for that mm. fun social interaction and people forget that and they become too serious and they just sell and, you know, yeah. you buy a sandwich off um, Hector's Instagram account. So it is pure community, you know. Totally. And like... And, you know, it is a tool to promote, but, oh, my God, like, who wants to sit there and scroll through, like, a whole bunch of people trying to sell them shit relentlessly? You know, it's not just about that. I mean, that can be the result of fun Instagram content, but this, like, relentless promotion of, like, come come, uh, tag, come and meet with us. sucks. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's some really good advice. So we do go back to the beginning. What before Hector's, you're a chef. You did you grow up in Melbourne? Grew up, born and raised. Yeah, Melbourne. Melbourne. <laughs> um, so foodie by nature. Pardon me. You did you grow up a foodie, like in feeding the food scene, and what? Um, you? you know what? I actually like. And this is something that I realised down the track as well because, like, my family is in love with food. Um, I was growing up thinking, like, oh, man, I was totally deprived of that, like, Italian nonna or that, you know, that, like, Greek lady and they have all the, like, awesome holidays that just totally revolve around food. But actually, you know, like, my mum is um, just, like, the most incredible cook you're you'll ever meet in your entire life and her brother is an incredible cook as well who's actually the financer of the whole project and my dad is just like totally totally obsessed with wine knows everything about it and like all of my memories growing up as a kid revolved one way or another around food and the importance of sort of being at a table and enjoying food and you know my we'd sit there when we were young with dad and even when we were like 10, like you would pour just a little tiny bit of wine in a glass and, and sort of get us to smell it or whatever. And yeah, I think it was a huge, huge part of my life, a massive part of my life. And um, I only started to put it all together as I got a bit older, you know, meals mm. and stuff that I'd eaten and things that I'd consumed that had played such a big part in sort of forming who I am and, and how I look at stuff, which mm. that, that sounds really that sounds a bit wanky, but, you know, it's true. It's no, true. it's true, and I think I, like, I mean, um, Dom, you're friends with Sam and Ellie Stud, who's Ellie's my partner, but, mm. um, you know, I think they share that similar story. I've learned it, I've heard it a few times now with people who are very passionate and go on to make food and good quality food. Um, mm. Their careers, have it's definitely been a foundational um, part of their upbringing. So it's, like, so ingrained in you. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, oh, my God, that's like when I can get in a conversation with those guys and it's so free-flowing because 
it is. I connect with them on that like that level where it it was so so important in their family, and obviously with Sam and Ellie having Will, who's also a hero of mine, and I got to meet because we did that collab. Um, you know, it's it's really cool. Like I, I can connect with people who have a deep connection with food and hospitality in general because I think it crafts a certain type of person, a passionate one. Mm. I think that's like, um, you know, the whole thing around startup creative and what I spend my days doing is helping people to get really clear on what their passions are and then figuring out some sort of business model if mm. they want to make their career, their career. And, I, you know, I think more and more so the world is moving towards that. That's a really viable option is that you can go, this is what I'm passionate about and I'm going to get paid to do it and I'll do what it takes to make that happen. And yeah. I think, you know, that you're a shining example of someone who's done just that and it oozes through everything you do and I think it's a perfect example of like you know what when you do what because I think it you know it does sound a little bit wanky and sometimes people don't really buy it that you can do what you love and get paid and yeah, yeah, totally. but I think yeah you're an example of like it oozes through your business and yeah, I love how we're painting this picture of like I feel like <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones in the reservations. Like I'm just, every day I wake up and I cook pancakes and I like, you know, because um, it's such a relevant point now that we're just on it and I'm definitely not taking the wind out of our sails because I want to keep talking about passion oozing. But I, I made a brand, I was really passionate about food and we made a brand and, you know, then the business side of it was such an afterthought which is such a funny way to yeah. do it, you know, because I, I feel like, you know, you need to get your business stuff in, you know, in line before before you continue on with the business. But um, I definitely think you need to find a passion and you need to go after it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then if that's something that comes easily to you, you need to just park it for just like a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. if it's not going anywhere and really figure out how to turn that into something that can actually earn you money, which is you know, which is kind of the difficult part, right? Yeah, I mean, that's where you get a business question. <laughs> but I think it's a, it's a, um, yeah, I think finding that passion and going can't, you know, I guess that's why we exist as well as giving people stories like yours where it's like I loved food, I grew up with food, you know, I, I had this idea of what I wanted to do in my own style um, and here we are today, three years later. yeah. So it's, it's cool. possible. And do you have um do you do you have plans for another one or what's on the cards for you? Hell yeah! I mean, coronavirus kind of <laughs> slowed everything down, but we we're planning we're planning to expand. You know, I think this is going to be filled with cliches, but bear with me. <laughs> so many people keep talking about um, making fast food sustainable and you know making uh, sustainable food accessible and Mm. I'm like really on a mission to try and do that I think Mm. if we can keep so yeah so basically yes I want to expand and I want to open more Hector's delis Mm -hmm. and the next one will be even more focused around uh you know taking taking more on you know so possibly you know baking our own bread and and possibly you know getting a coffee roasting machine in-house and roasting our own coffee and stuff like that we already do roast our own coffee off-site but you know Mm. I think as Hector's Deli grows I want to make sure that we don't you know no one gets kind of money signs in their eyes I want to make sure that that what we're doing and, and what we're doing currently at Hexas Deli is the thing that we make scalable, you know, and we don't scale and then as as a result start start compromising on all of those things that that kind of make our brand. So we want to open a second one, hopefully like we were planning on doing it this year. Um, but with this time, I'm actually, it feels like such a, I'm so happy to get this time because I'm sitting down every day and, rewriting menus and rewriting just and just going further into what our core values are and trying to figure out how that manifests itself in a in another site so yes you will see another hector's deli 
on the horizon. Pardon? I look forward to to trying it out. Are you going to do Melbourne? Yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. That's amazing. And do like even just hearing you now say, you know, you are sitting down and working on the back end of the business through all of the um, isolation stuff. But like, how did the business stuff come about for you? Like, what was you know for those out there who might be more of that creative or the the foodie and has the idea and the passion, but maybe it does you know um, need a bit of help with the business side. Like, what? How did you get your head around it, or what's been some tips or insights for you? The insights for me are it comes from um, realizing that you can't do everything yourself. You know, so unless you're like just this 0.001% of people who has this business acumen and also this incredible creative mind, good on you. But mm-hmm. I had to I had to surround myself with people who are really good at it and spend and are still spending a shitload of time working on it with them, you know. So I, I think like I, I say it now, every now and then people ask me like <clears throat> that exact thing. I have friends who are creatives and and they're really great and they want to start businesses but they don't really have any idea about how to start a business Mm. i'm like find somebody who you can trust and who you like and and you know (laughs) go into business with them or or you know bring them in 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 some sort of a way because yeah for, for me i think it's it would be a totally impossible task for example if i didn't have vanessa who who runs all of the operations stuff. Um, yeah, my advice would be surround yourself with people who know what they're doing or just just identify what you're unable to do and fill those gaps with people who you trust and who are good at that. But I don't, yeah, I don't have any quick way around picking up business skills because it's been an absolute slog. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good. That's good advice because I think, I think like what what I always encourage people is like you're the entrepreneur, you're the ideas guy, you're the sandwich maker, you're the the visionary, the values, the the menu, you know, like there's enough on your plate. If then you try to understand operations or, you know, accounting or whatever, it's like that would, um, you know, that would bog you down and, and take up your energy. And I think I've always um, had that advice for me as well. It's like, you know, do what you're good at and let somebody else, because there is people out there and I've, I've built a team of them as well who who love accounting or they love editing or they love writing and, you know, the things yeah. that I find really hard. And it's like, you're really good at that. Oh, it's <laughs> true, isn't it? Like it's kind of, it's inspiring. And, and when it all happens and you're all working, you know, cohesively, yeah. like it's so, that's when stuff really becomes exciting. It's it's outsourcing as quick as you can and building that team of people who've got the same vision um, but a different skill set. Yeah, totally. And when it all works perfectly in harmony, it is so freaking exciting. And that's when you start becoming profitable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, really, you know, like we weren't profitable until Vanessa came in and, you know, and you're so close to your own business that you can't figure out you know, it's so hard to see what you need to do or what you can't do, whatever. Um, and as soon as a fresh pair of it's eyes so came, like, she just tore everything down and built it back up. And holy shit, Hector's Deli is good now. Yeah, amazing. I love that. And, it, you know, I think when you're so passionate about something too, it's hard to, you know, see objectively of what needs to happen. So you, you kind of need that guidance of someone who can be like, here, make these moves and we're good. Mm-hmm. Which I think, you know, it sounds like you're onto it as well, but how important has it been for you to have mentors and take advice and, you know, you sound like you're pretty open to, to building that team around you? Yeah, it- definitely. Yeah, I think I was pretty, you know, I was a pretty difficult person to work with initially because <laughs> I was so desperate to kind of like, I felt like I could do everything and I wanted to do everything myself and all this stuff and, and like you know slowly let that go and it's been amazing for the business you know to to let people do what to to let people do what they're good at and just just focus on doing what you can focus on what you can bring to the table and let let the others do what you know what they're good at and it's great and you know I think that's true eh? sometimes it feels like you have to take a couple of steps back or you know invest a bit of money or whatever but it can only grow from that place you know totally 
Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And, and I think people forget yeah. to, to invest a lot in that, you know, like it's so much fun to invest in a new T-shirt design or a new something that's going to make the shop look cool or whatever. But, yeah, you know, you need to a relatively basic at the start. I think just investing in the right things will take you take you far. How Dom spends the money when Vanessa's not around. Oh, my God. No, you have no, like, I'm serious. It, it was a difference between us actually keeping the lights on and not because I can wake up at 2 a.m. and be like, oh, my God, I've got a great idea that everyone's going to love. And for sure, everyone's going to love it. But, you know, it's not really going to change the bottom line of your business. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm reckless. <laughs> but, right. but, I, but I recognize it now, which is the key. <laughs> You've now acknowledged your behaviour. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes, the, you know, I think all creative geniuses have a little bit of recklessness in them because it's the thing that gets you over the line and actually gets you starting. And, you know, you yeah, start, totally. you've got this creative idea that you actually can't live with yourself unless you do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, I'm like physically I start twitching. <laughs> I think I've seen that. I think I've witnessed that behaviour. Yeah, you may have witnessed that. Like things go from one to ten really quickly. <laughs> and you've, got to, you've got to make sure that there are some rational-minded people sitting at the table when that happens. Yeah. I think that, you know, what I also witnessed in you when we were doing the cheese toasties, which are you bringing back to the menu? Oh, you know what? I, I, it's actually, I think it's my favourite um, sandwich that we've ever done. It's so and, good. It's so fucking good. And, like, if you don't know who Will Studd is, I mean, who do, I mean, if you're in the food world, you know who Will Studd is and the cheeses and I don't know. That was, like, so sick. Are we talking about that collab now? Because I want to for a second. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. That was. Collabs have been a big game changer for you too, haven't they? They have and they haven't. I actually always have this debate with people. I'm, I'm like, I see businesses open up, like, new businesses and, they're immediately just like, all right, sweet, collabs, you know, and I'm a massive believer in in looking further into your own business and figuring out how you can strengthen yourself before, you know, rushing off to do a co- collab. And I think of the few of things that we did as soon as we started were kind of collabs for collabs' sake and they didn't really bring anything to the table and I didn't really believe in what it was. It was just new and fun and exciting when there was so much more yeah. to do, you know, on our own brand, there was so much work to do. So, yeah, um, yeah but by the time we got to doing that freaking dream collaboration with the stud siblings, it was so um, fulfilling for me because Sam and Ellie and I kind of share such a, I don't know, s- sort of strong vision on food and we all agree on the same things and the product is fucking amazing and the sandwich was sweet and it was there was no bad vibes at any point in time. It just, it was the easiest, most enjoyable thing. It was so good. And the sandwich was so delicious. And if they ever want to give us more of that cheese, we'll put the sandwich on the menu, but I can't afford it otherwise. <laughs> Shout out to Will Stud if you'd like to donate. To Shout out to Will Stud. If anyone, I mean, you'll have to get past the donation for the fires and also probably coronavirus stuff, which might well, be worthy. Role of Conte. <laughs> but if you get past that and you want to donate some Will Stud cheese to us, then get on board. <laughs> nah, yeah, it's no, it's, it's, it's a good example of that. And you know, I was lucky enough to help out and to witness it and taste test that delicious. Toast. Maybe we'll put the toasty recipe on the podcast notes. Yeah, I think you were that um, that rational person sitting at the table that I was referencing before. I think that was you. <laughs> I was the one that was like, all right, you three, let's get it together. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think it was a bit of that at one point. Me and Vanessa just sitting down with our head in our hands. (laughs) Sam Sam called me and he's like, hey, let's do a collab. And I was like, yeah, sweet, sounds good. And he's like, all right, well, I'll drop over like, you know, 300 kilos of cheese and just, you know, make a sweet sandwich with it. And I was like, yeah, definitely, that sounds good. I mean, the idea was was fabulous and it's like, you know, it was definitely those minds between the three of you who are like, right, we've got this idea. And then I think it, you know, for those listening and who do want to give a collaboration a go with 
I think it's exactly what you said. It's like it's a like-minded brand. As people, you share the same values for food and quality produce. You're already a big fan of each other's brands and businesses. You had mutual tones, you know, similar tones of voice, um, similar branding style vibes. Like there's so many things that like ticked boxes. And then as a result, you know, you, you got lots of great press and um, Broadsheet went up to do it at their fires event and you got, you know, articles and lineups out the door and stuff like that. So it also it really- genuine like in-store interaction, you know what I mean? Like, People loved that collaboration genuinely, not not just based on hype. Like people, yeah. message, I get probably, I, I would get consistently at least one message a day in the Instagram inbox being like, please bring back the cheese toasty. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to find a cheese toasty these days. I think you should do it. <laughs> Especially one wrap, it's stuffed with cloth bound cheddar. <laughs> Let's start a GoFundMe page. <laughs> not, I think it might be in poor taste at this time. <laughs> Yeah, true. Dom wants some cloth bound at a twenty. Yeah, I'll set it up. Maybe you can put a link in this. Link in bio. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, no, but I think a great example, and I, I even love your mentality around. I'm not just going to, you know, pimp myself out for you know people come knocking on the door all the time, and you know, Brent. I think you've consistently said this throughout the interview. Is like. You've been super clear about this is what I stand for. This is what I wouldn't cross the line on. And I'm going to stick that out, whether it's, you know, broadsheet throwing press at you and you're being like, no, thanks. <laughs> or, yeah, um, I, yeah, exactly. Mm. It's like into those brand values. So if we, we start to wrap it up, I wanted to ask two more questions for you. I've got mm. one, I want to hear what your top tip. I mean, you've given lots of incredible advice here. Um, but if you had one top tip for somebody, let's let's say a foodie out there who maybe wants to start their own shop or service or, um, you know, restaurant one day, what would your number one tip be? And then I want to hear about how we can support Hector's um, to get cheese. No, <laughs> to, to <laughs> this COVID-19 um, craziness. And, yeah, but let's start with your tip. Um. My top tip is going to sound so boring, but it's it's real. And, like, I, I want every hospitality business owner to come to me and say, hey, what's the first thing you should do? Because the first thing is definitely to make sure that you find someone that can help you get all of your costings in line. And it, it's so not inspiring, but good ideas fucking awesome and concepts and all of this stuff <clears throat> you know obviously anyone who wants to start a business has one of those just make sure that you properly cost it out and see if it's actually sustainable you know because it's it can be really life-changing for people in a good or a bad way it's once you've got your costings right everything will follow from there you know all the rest of it is just is just extra i mean yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Put I think the right people great. in the right places and, and, and make sure everything is sustainable before you start, you know, before you get going. And I'm telling you that from experience because I did it the other way around and it turns into a mess real quick. Yeah, no, I, that's incredible advice. It's like that logical mind of like, is this actually a viable business or is this just a passion thing that I should, you know, just keep making sandwiches for friends and family here and there? You know? That's right, yeah. Take, take a moment to sit down with somebody who's good at it, write a business plan, you know, the more detail the better. Just yeah. figure out who's buying your product, why and how it's going to make you money or keep your business sustainable or whatever you want the outcome to be. But don't start until you've done that. Amazing. Great advice. And so what's happening behind the scenes, obviously doing lots of planning and you've got a new shop to open down the track, but um, how can we support Hector's during COVID-19 and lockdown and all the chaos? What, what are you up to? What's you know, I, I, nothing like really monetarily. I just think like the best version of support for us right now is to keep interacting with us on our socials. Like, I'm at home and I've got my phone next to me all day and I am just absolutely loving 
everyone getting involved in like the sandwich recreation challenges and just people sending messages and and just like generally talking about plans or, or whatever it's it's so fulfilling for me and you know and i guess it like it keeps us it keeps me feeling like we, we're still something that exists even though we're closed like i love talking to our customers every day and and uh and i'm always on instagram so like if you want to support us, come and get involved in our Instagram challenges and ask us questions and whatever else. Send me a selfie. I don't care. <laughs> What's your Instagram hand- handle? Uh, let me check that. I know it's Hector's Deli, but there might be any, uh, might I think be an underscore in there, isn't it? Underscore? Uh, hold on. <laughs> Hector's underscore Deli. That's it. We'll make sure we link to it in the notes. But um, my last question, do you have your red T-shirts for sale? Hell yeah. We've got all of our T-shirts for sale. We're just about to order some new red hats, which is super dope. And I'm in the process right now of figuring out how I can get them all out to people without contracting coronavirus. Amazing. Sendall is really good. What? Sendall, the app. Sendall? Yeah, print a label and um, put it on, you wrap it all at home. and then As in S-E-N-D-A-L-L? E-D-L-E, yeah. Send it Yeah. So you start cool. an account and then you um, print the label at home, put it on your parcel, leave it at the front door and the courier picks it up. Oh, that's so good. Brilliant. Cool. Amazing. Well, stay safe, Dom. Thank you so much for sharing your incredible wisdom with us and congratulations on turning your passion into a business and I look forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you so much, Kay. Love it. Take care. Later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.